0: Ngā mihi nui and welcome. From RNZ National, here's our changing world. Here's a unique New Zealand story which combines historic conservation with a secret and courageous war mission. It's the story of a group of men who became known as the Coast Watchers. In the Second World War, they were quietly posted to remote Auckland and Campbell Islands to raise the alarm against enemy ships. The operation, which was officially known as the Cape Expedition, didn't see much action, but did create a remarkable scientific legacy, five years of detailed fieldwork observing sub wildlife. Only some of the huts the men used still stand, and the Department of Conservation is struggling to retain them, aware that they're irreplaceable, yet rarely visited. They also stand in one of the country's most remote and vulnerable environments. A delegation of dock staff, led by Conservation Minister Maggie Barry, recently visited the Auckland Islands and called in to see one of the remaining Coast Watch bases. RNZ's Otago Southland reporter Ian Telfer was with them. Um,
1: And then there was another um, another one on Campbell Island. So there was the three Coast Watch stations down here.
2: Hidden in bush at Ranui Cove, about 500 kilometres south of Bluff, senior ranger Joe Hiscock from the Department of Conservation... Is showing us where small groups of men lived out the war.
1: This is the house that they lived in, um, and every day they'd take turns at running off up the hill um, and having to do a watch out from the lookout. Uh, and there was very good communication between the lookout and down here because obviously if they saw something, they had quite an elaborate plan for informing New Zealand and then hoofing it out of here, wow. um, so that because obviously they didn't want to get caught.
2: So this is one of the
1: originals, Joe. This is the original. This is the original yep, homestead that they that they lived in. Yeah. Wow.
2: And they were here for, as you said, a year at a time?
1: They were usually here for a year at a time, yep.
2: Right through the war. From the beginning of the war...
1: Pretty much from the the beginning of the war, because that that original incident with the Erlangen made them realise that actually they were quite vulnerable from from down here. Um, There was a space that. Take
2: us back. So there was a German ship, wasn't (coughs) there?
1: There was a German ship. Yep, the Erlangen. Um, It was parked in Dunedin Harbour, um, and when war got got declared, uh, they weren't provisioned to go back to sea, um, but they couldn't stay where they were, uh, and so they they departed um, New Zealand. Um, They made it look like they'd set sail for Chile by sailing straight out from New Zealand, and then as soon as it was dark, they turned off all the lights um, and turned south um, and came down here. And then tried to figure out what they were going to do, um, and that was they went into the Carnley Harbour, um, and they re-provisioned a the ship. It was a steamer, so it normally ran on coal, um, but they chopped down a whole lot of rata trees, um, a couple of hundred tons of, of rata tree, um, and re-rigged the ship so that it could carry a sail uh, as well um, to help them across. Um, and they made their way across to Chile.
2: And so that rang a few alarm bells in Wellington.
1: That made them think that actually we were quite vulnerable from the south um, and that we should have some people down here um, to make sure that we weren't getting a whole entire army collecting itself here and ready to launch an attack on them further afield.
2: And that was the beginning of the Coast watchers.
1: That was the start of the Coast Watching. So that's where they put, they put the two Coast Watch stations here and the one over on Campbell.
2: But from the start, this military alarm post had a dual purpose. Since the watching only took one man at a time... At least one scientist was included in each three- to five-man coast-watching group, and they led the collection of data about the only other inhabitants of the Auckland and Campbell Islands, the wildlife.
1: So I can see four buildings here, Joe. do you know what they all are? So the main living hostel is this one here. It's got the kitchen and it's got bunk rooms in it. Um, These buildings here, one of them was used as a storage room, um, some lengths of timber in it, and some of these were used as labs, Um, so they did used to um, dissect things and pull things apart and record things.
2: It was always part of the deal that there'd be a sort of scientific element, was there?
1: There was, yeah. Um, they, they figured quite early on that it could be a bit boring if you didn't have something like that to do. So they did deliberately pick people that would, would thrive in that kind of environment um, with something to do like that.
2: Quite fast-sighted yeah. in, in yep.
1: sense. Yeah, well, it, it suited them very well um, because uh, it gave them a good start. Some, you know, some very good researchers have started and scientists have started um, down here in those days. Um, And then obviously we still rely on that information a lot as well, so yeah, that's a good idea.
2: The house the men lived in is a modest square wooden building, but it's unusually designed. It has two separate corrugated iron roofs, so that it looks like it might have been made by getting two huts and pushing them together. It's hard for us to get past the rusty latches, but finally we're in. So we're walking down what's this the hallway?
3: Main hall.
2: Geez, pretty basic. All wood, wooden floor, old fire. Little bedroom with a slightly rotted out wire bunk. Yep, so a little bunk here, double bunk. Off the off the kitchen. Little kitchen here. A couple of tables, couple of benches, little sink old wood stove maybe coal range probably or wood a little table all pretty dark but still you know, perversible amazing to think it's been here 70 years a few old bottles on the wall and here's something special visitors book erected 1941 it says occupied 1941 to 1946 by Cape Expedition Coast Watchers and then the names start as Robert Fowler, who became the Dominion Museum director. And uh, a list of people there who passed through here. Some of the men stayed for just a year, but others returned again and again, like my great-uncle-in-law, Jack Sorensen, who spent five years at the Campbell Island base. He ended up writing a book about it called Wildlife in the sub but wildlife observations had to happen around the main task of watching out for enemies, and that took place about 15 minutes' walk away up the hill, where we're off to next.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So that's part of the main...
2: oh, oh, so there's some copper wire here. Copper? I don't uh, know. That one's not. No, that one's not steel.
1: Yeah, there's a steel line. At the time. Steel line.
2: Was that from the time? Yeah, uh,
1: no, absolutely. All so right. There was a copper wire as well. All
2: right, and, and this Joe was there's saying there's, there's copper wire here too, and. Have part of the original phone line that was used to run up to the to the uh, watching hut from the home home base. Um, and
1: a little bit further around here we do go up it's one of, the, one of the comms wires. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, clearly a communications wire of some kind, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and still on it.
2: Insulator's still there. They had a what a communication system so they could talk to each other.
1: They did, yeah, yeah, um, and that mainly it was to do if they were to see if they were to see anything, so that they could prepare for what they're going to do next. Did they ever see anything? Um, As far as I know, one Allied ship.
2: In five years? In five years. That's
1: a lot of waiting. It was a lot of waiting, and there's different stories over whether um, the fact there was no enemy ship seen was because they knew they were here, um, or whether um, they just had no reason to come anywhere near the place.
2: How's it judged now, Joe? Was it all a folly, or is it... uh...
1: No, I think it's... um, I I mean, it was a perfectly sensible thing to do at the time, um, and... Well, from our perspective, there was a lot learned. Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah, you got the scientific benefit, even if we didn't get the Germans. Oh, we did eventually. (laughs) At the top of the hill, there's a clear view of all of the harbour, Port Ross. And it's easy to see why this place was chosen to watch for the enemy. The watcher's hut's tiny, less than two metres by two metres. But thanks to restoration work that Doc's done, it's warm, dry and in good nick. Inside, there's a bench with names carved into it, probably done during the long days of waiting.
1: Oh, there we go, a tribute to discreet.
2: And we and find out what the Coast victory. Watchers read to pass the time.
1: Oh, oh. 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 Racy. Oh. oh, that's
2: very racy. Racy. So, Minister, you found a 1939 magazine. I have. Walk down the garden path in this gay garden apron. August
1: 1939, just before the outbreak of the war. Look at that, the apron and the watering can.
2: Now we know what they were reading for those, all those lonely years.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. The visits made the Conservation Minister, Maggie Barry, talk about making the protection of this Heritage Coast Watchers base a higher priority than it is now. Warren Palmer's chairperson of the New Zealand Conservation Authority. It's his first visit here and already he too is thinking about how to
3: share the place and its story. Well, it's unique. I think I could say that with confidence. And there's two things about this. One is the uh, distinctive landscape. Wild, rugged, beautiful, distinct vegetation. Uh, Quiet up here except for the rustle of the wind. Go down into the, uh, near the shoreline, uh, bellbirds, tomtits, robins, it's vibrant. And amazingly, on the way, um, sea lions, a kilometre perhaps, three-quarters of a kilometre from shore with their pups, mm. incredible. And then we've got a little bit of history here and a bit of heritage uh, that many New Zealanders would not know about, but was really quite a story of um, courage and um, roles that were played by different groups that are not understood probably by most New Zealanders so on one sense I've had a very special moment here on another I'm reflecting on so how can we bring this reality of this, the special distinct nature of it to New Zealanders and how could they enjoy it obviously we can't have hundreds of visitors but this is part of New Zealand. The
2: islands are already a tricky balancing act for DOC. The department's charged with protecting these almost pristine and vulnerable environments, which are national nature reserves and part of a World Heritage Site, while still allowing visitors to experience them. Under the current conservation management strategy, up to 1,100 people a year are allowed ashore on nearby Enderby Island. But the Coast Watchers' huts at Ranui get far fewer visitors... No more than 150 people a year. Ranui Cove's a stone-lined cove. There's no landing wharf and the tracks and mud steps that the Coast Watchers cut into the hill are fragile. Another problem is that the huts were not built to last. The Watchers' lookout's been restored, but the main house here would need re-cladding and long-term protection. An expensive challenge when the islands are almost 500 kilometres away from the mainland. Difficult to keep it all up. a long way away, aren't we?
1: It's a long way away. Um, everything we do down here, it's transport it's the, um, that can make or break things. Um, but the Auckland Islands is a little bit more accessible than some of the other places. Um, and at least there's nice harbours here. Um, so even if you get smashed on the way down from New Zealand, um, you can come into a nice harbour here and know that you'll be pretty good. Yeah.
2: And Doc's well aware the buildings and wires carry an irreplaceable history. The tourists like this?
1: Yeah, it's a completely different story. Uh, Most of the people that come here, their primary focus is on the wildlife. um, uh, Particularly if they're going down to the Antarctic, they might have a little bit of a historic bent, but mainly for that historic sort of heroic era. Um, But it's surprising when people come here, they don't realise the stories um, around the the history. Um, And they can can come away with a completely different look on things. Mm.
2: Docs put in tourism infrastructure on the nearby wildlife jewel, Enderby Island but not yet at the less visited places like this one at Ranui. Joe Hiscock says Doc's yet to work out how to keep up with the demand to experience the settlement's unique history, yet preserve it and the sensitive environment it sits in.
1: I mean, we've got two good sites for, that have got lots of boardwalk on them. The sites are nicely hardened, um, and so they can they can soak up a lot of a lot of people um, and not have too much of an impact. Um, but there's um, you know ecotourism the way it is. Um, nobody wants to go wherever else, everyone else has gone, um, and so um, it's a matter of these secondary sites like this is considered a secondary site. And you'll see as we walk up the hill, there's no hardening at all, um, and so it's just making sure that you don't throw too many people at that, so that you're actually destroying the experience that people are coming for.
2: Right, so it's a balancing act?
1: It's a balance, yep. Right, yep.
2: quantity, quality, all that stuff? Yep,
1: yep, and that just it, that hasn't really been addressed since tourism started down here. Um, you know, when tourism first started down here in the 80s, it was one trip, one ship that did a trip every now and again. Um, and now we've got regular trips, um, regular people, um, and expectations have changed from, from the tourists as well.
0: DOC Senior Ranger Joe Hiscock finishing that report by Ian Telfer from the Auckland Island Coast Watchers Settlement at Rānaui Cove. And there's a gallery of photos from Ian's visit on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash our changing world. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.